you are listening to the Kinetic Man Podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm David. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living a life defined by uncommon action that is full of purpose, adventure, and meaningful relationships. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours and together achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to leave the potential life behind and become kinetic men. Men, we have a big announcement at the end of this podcast episode, so make sure you listen all the way to the end. We're starting up a new program in March called TKM Reflections, and we're going to be guiding men to take uncommon action. If you don't want to wait till the end, you can go to thekineticman.com backslash sign up, thekineticman.com backslash sign up, and go fight on your own right now. Take uncommon action. Enjoy the show. All right, before we hit the record button, uh, David, you said that you had a pretty good story to tell uh, as we kick this thing off. I know you were up in the mountains this weekend. You didn't get stuck up there this time, so that's good. So thanks for showing up to work I, today, buddy. I actually thought, dude, so Clayton, it's funny. We had a, we had to cancel a podcast two weeks ago because I went to the mountains, stayed up there with my family. It, it's This is it's crazy. Uh, we were in Keystone. Two nights in a row, it snowed 12 inches. And so I hit up Stu on a Sunday. I'm like, dude, like the entire 70 is closed. It's a parking lot. Like you cannot get out of the mountains. It was nuts. There's no hotel rooms. By the grace of God, I have a friend. We have a lot of wealthy friends. We just, we're not there yet. But he he hit me up. He's like, hey, dude, are you in the mountains? I was like, yeah. And he goes, ah, stay at my place. Because he just knew he saw that everything was shut down. But anyways, this weekend we went back up. We got 10 inches of snow, dude, in, in on Saturday night, luckily. I got some awesome snowing uh, skiing on Sunday, but I was like, dude, if it's if we're gonna get this again, like I'm stuck, like I it's not gonna happen. So, but anyways, it was just it was fascinating because the not only was it amazing, but we're up in the mountains and and I'll tell you, and, and this this I think will go well with our conversation, Clayton. the The dynamics of relationships are so fascinating, and it's not only our relationships with our family, but it's observing other people's relationships within their family. And then how the families come together and have relationship and, and business partners and, and all of that. And it just is, is, uh, is very interesting. But I found out this weekend, uh, someone hit me up and they said, do you know, in our kids circles, you're known as the, the cool strict style dad. And I was like, <laughs> no, I don't know. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. So as my daughter, I'm like, your friends are talking to their dad saying, I'm this guy. What does it mean? And she's like, uh, I don't know. It's like a military guy that's like cool, but like also like strict and 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 really intimidating. I'm like I'm, I'm like a teddy bear. I cook you guys crepes and chocolate sauce for breakfast. Like what it, what does this even have to do? So, anyways, I learned something new about myself this weekend. But it was it was fascinating to me because and and I think this is I'm super excited about this conversation because it's the power of relationships and oftentimes it's understanding who you're perceived to be, who you desire to be, and how you can really impact that entire process, like that entire uh, that, that entire picture to ideally become the man that you want to be and something we talk about a lot in TKM, right? Being aware so that you can become the person you want to be and perceived uh, in that way. And so I'm super excited about this, Clayton. I, I'm going to warn you ahead of time, this may be a, uh, a coaching slash uh counseling session uh for Stu and i the entire time so i just want to give you a heads up on that yeah i'm ready <laughs> good yeah, good that's, that's pretty much what we uh, use this podcast for is just to, <laughs> to uh use yep. these as mentorship sessions uh for ourselves so uh right. let's get into it uh clayton if you can give us a little bit of background about who you are and what you do yeah so 
I'm uh, my name's Clayton Stenson. I, I'm up in Canada in Calgary, uh, close to the mountains as well. Um, and what I do, I've, I've kind of just fallen into it over the years, but essentially I work with companies that run on the entrepreneurial operating system. And primarily what I love to do is coach the visionary and the integrator uh, within that system on their relationship and how to work together well. And for those that don't know what that is, is a visionary is typically the founder of the company. Uh, they're usually really good at sales. They're usually really good at ideas. They're good at strategy. They're good at um, high level sol problem solving, but usually they're not very good at systems and details and they get bogged down and hate that kind of stuff. So the system recommends you have a, a second in command, like an integrator uh, who can uh, do that, right? They can be the day-to-day -day operator and make things happen and make the vision a reality. And they have a very different skill set. So um, I, I work with them. I, I am more of an integrator, although I'm discovering my visionary side these days. Um, but that's kind of a, a, a quick high level of what I do. Hey, Clayton, and I'm just curious, before we dive into the specifics of, of uh, some of the interrelational stuff, that the work that you do, I'm just curious, why EOS? Like, is there something about that specific system? And some of our listeners may not have, you know, we're, we're big. Actually, after we hang up here, uh, we have an L10 meeting, the three founders. Uh, so we do that weekly and we're big on, into EOS. But but for those who maybe haven't heard of it, um, just curious yeah. if you can give us kind of a, a background and, and then give us the why, like why that, why that system? Why not something else? Yeah, yeah. Well, my background is I, the first time I worked with a visionary was at my church. Uh, so I got, I got saved when I was 27 and uh, about a year and a half later, I got hired at the church and I was so excited to work with uh, our pastor because he's a, a strong visionary. He had a great vision and I, I love the Lord and I wanted to be involved. And then about three weeks into working there, I was like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> the place was chaotic. And, uh, and to be honest, I struggled for a, a long time uh, working there because I'm an integrator who craves structure and systems and an order. And uh, so, you know, we didn't we didn't have a horrible relationship, but we definitely didn't leverage our unique abilities uh, for the for the you know, for the kingdom in the way that we could have. And so I didn't know about EOS at this time, but I just had this sense nearing the end of my seven years there that there's got to be a better way. And, and I, I had this feeling like there should be a buffer between the visionary and the team, uh, just, just from a practical standpoint of what I saw. Then I left there and I went and worked at a construction company, uh, someone that, that attended the church and quickly realized I'm working with another visionary here. Uh, so I was able to leverage the gifts, the, the, the learning from the seven years of the church. And he was the first guy that told me about EOS and the book traction and but i didn't really read it uh at, at first he just told me about it but i was busy and dealing with some personal stuff and but over the years i heard him vent to me there was a high level of trust between us because i was one of his pastors so he would vent to me all the time about things that weren't working in the company but i noticed he wasn't fixing it he was just complaining a lot and i got sick of it <laughs> to be honest and uh, I made like a my list. kids <laughs> and I made a list of all the things he complained about and uh, a list of how I'd fix it for him. And I took him for coffee and I presented it to him. And at the end, he said, you're promoted. Uh, you're my integrator now. And I said, what is what's that? What are you talking about? 
and then he gave me traction and I, I read it and I, and I fell in love. And I think to answer your question was, uh, I would say is it's pretty simple. Uh, EOS, it's not, it's not overly complicated. It's, you know, there's six components, you know, you, you don't have to have an MBA to understand it. Like it's just, it's pretty simple to implement. And I implemented it in that company in the next 12 months and we 22 times in our net profit. So it worked really well and I loved it. And, you know, since then I've discovered a lot of other operating systems and, and I've, a friend of mine said there's 42 that he's aware of. Um, and I've learned some of them a little bit and, you know, I, I, there's advantages and disadvantages to each, but I, I think the, the the best thing about EOS is the simplicity of it. Hey, just curious. Um, so David and I have been business partners, uh, in, in our real estate businesses for a long time. And it's just been the two of us. It's, it's 50, 50, right. Um, and if you, if you know us and kind of know our stories and our backgrounds, you would probably make a big assumption that David is the visionary and I'm the integrator. And, um, but we're partners, we're co-founders. We are 50, 50. We're, uh, we do everything together and there are definitely roles that he takes on because of his uh, unique abilities. And then there's ones that I do and we typically don't get in each other's way very often. We've, we've learned that each other about each other along the way. We went to college together. We were roommates together. And so we know each other really, really well. Um, and when we started the connect man, we brought in a third partner um, and we made him a co-founder where, so there's three co-founders. There's not necessarily like a, a boss and a, you know, executive officer, like, and we also come from the military. So we have this idea of like commanding officer, he's the boss executive officer. He's next in charge. And there's like operations officer and all kind of like the, their minions. Right. And so we actually were asked a question recently, uh, from a guy we brought in, he's a, a business consultant. He helped us sat, sit in with a day and he's like, Hey, who's in charge. And that was a really hard question for us to answer because we just looked at each other as like co-founders, right? We're all three business partners. And again, we kind of know each other's roles because of our backgrounds and, and our abilities. The question is, have you, do you always see it as the visionaries, kind of like the, the, the entrepreneur, the, the leader, the CEO, and then the integrators always, uh, you know, what you, what you call the second in command, um, the, the guy doing all the, the nitty gritty detailed work. Do you always see it that way? No, no, I don't. I, you know, it, it's, it's a easy way to explain it, uh, to people. And I think it makes a lot of sense when you explain it that way, but there are situations where it's not, it's not that cut and dry. Uh, right. So I'll give you an example. So I'm, I'm exploring partnership with a friend of mine and, and, uh, in his business and him and I've talked about, you know, what's the best fit. We're probably both more naturally integrators, but the interesting thing with us, and I hope it's the same with you is that there's not a lot of ego between us. There's a high level of trust, right? And we agree that we should sit in the seat that will do the best things for the company. Right. And I don't, I don't care. Like if, if it's visionary for me, then awesome. Right. If it's integrator, great. I can do whatever. Actually, my seat in this situation will be business development, uh, which is interesting. It's not, you know, typical for what I would do, but I actually really love business development. And what this company really needs is business development. So I am going to put my, you know, I'm working one day a week with him. That'll be my main focus. So 
uh, you know what I I think the the main thing though is that you do need some sort of structure, right? Like you do need some sort of way to know who is where. Um, but if you have a group of people that don't care about ego, right, and aren't narcissistic and just can just be and work together for the betterment of the company, then it, I don't think it matters. But you still do need lanes. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that that's awesome. And in real talk. What if one of the founders in this scenario, me, is like just better looking, right, than the other ones? Is that does that eh, play into anything? Or I, don't, I don't know. That's I think that's something to consider. We you don't have to answer that question. It's just something to consider. Um, in the context of your business, I guess <laughs> that's true. That's true. We we had considered doing some uh, uh, some modeling. We we had purchased some fanny packs and we had done some. Uh, it was all, all self proclaimed modeling there was no agency or is this a tangent alert Stu? (laughs) (laughs) visionary so so i do i do you you touch on something that um when we when we were being consulted i found it to be fascinating and and we really as Stu, Stu alluded to we struggled through it a little bit but but i think there's also comfort once we came out at the other end and, and, and the reason I want to ask this question is, is also for the benefit, a, a lot of our listeners and, and a lot of our, are quite frankly, the, the men in the kinetic man are entrepreneurs and a lot of them are partners and they do, they have, they seek partnerships. A lot of them are doing like real estate type transactions that are, um, you know, bigger deals, like big apartment complexes. And just the, the partnership is inherent in most of the things that, that a lot of these guys do that, and the things that we do. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, how important when you talk about, um, you touched on it, but the roles and responsibilities, I think a lot of people are somewhat reticent to, to jump in, especially if they're co-founders and, and their peers, they're reticent to kind of define those. Do, do you see that as something that's critical in execution to define, no kidding, these are the roles and, and they're, it's actually more beneficial to the business than it is detrimental to the friendship or relationship? I'd say it's mutually beneficial for both, right? Because if you're like in a visionary integrator situation if if you're crossing over you know and stepping on each other's toes it, it's going to destroy your relationship not only your business but your relationship too right so uh, i'll give give you an example the first the first visionary integrator although they weren't running on eos that i ever coached uh i was explaining to him what the visionary integrator was and he said oh yeah i'm the visionary and i'm like yeah i know <laughs> and he said i just hired my girlfriend to be my integrator because i needed help uh, with that side of things. And he said, you need to help us because <laughs> right? we're going to kill each other if you don't. And I said to him, well, I don't have a program for that. I hadn't even started down this path yet. Uh, and he's like, make one. <laughs> like, seriously, like I need, we need your help. And I said, okay, well, I'll, yeah, I'll make something. Right. And in the first, first session, uh, they like had a big blow up and I had to be like, okay, hey, time out, pause, stop. Like, let me tell you what I see. And I'll just tell you what I said. I said, you as a visionary have expectations up here of what you want your integrator to do, but your communication is is down here. Like you, you have not communicated anything. Integrators thrive within structure and wilt without it. And you are, not only is she in an, in an industry she's never been in before, but now you're asking her to do things without you explaining it to her. Right. And he was mad at me, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it, it, at the end of that call, I'm like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go in the end. But the next week, 
you know, all, all credit to him. He came back. He said, I thought about what you said and you're, you're right. And I'm sorry. And we need to, you know, we need to work on this. So we spent the next four weeks, like really helping her to get the structure that she needed. Um, and I just went for breakfast with, with him be between Christmas and new years. And he said, yeah, it's going great. And you changed, you changed everything for us. I don't think we'd be together in business or <laughs> in a relationship if it wasn't for those five weeks we spent with you. So yeah, I think it's, it's crucial for sure. It's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, this topic comes up because we hear a lot from, from people within our network. Uh, they always hear that they always say that, you know, friends shouldn't go into business together or family shouldn't go into business together. And, and David and I were, we were college roommates for four years. Uh, you know, we were in each other's weddings, best, you know, best friends way before we started our businesses together. And then we decided to do our business and we, I mean, we, we do life together. We do everything together. Uh, and, and a lot of people ask like, Hey, how, how's that going? Like, how's that going for your friendship? And there's definitely times where like, we don't like each other. Like we love each other, but we don't like each other sometimes. And there's challenges and we've had to be really, really intentional about ensuring that our relationship is first and foremost before business. But I know that's not always the case. And, you know, I'm curious, I mean, have you, have you seen successful business? Obviously the one with, with the guy and the girlfriend, but, um, would you give a recommendation to not do business with family, to not do business with, uh, with friends? No, I wouldn't. Um, I probably wouldn't give any different advice than I would if it was not business. Well, maybe a little bit different, but I, I would say enter with your eyes wide open and, you know, um, I talked about ego before, you know, like don't enter into a business family or not with someone who, who is narcissistic and isn't able to put themselves aside for the betterment of the, of the business. And, uh, you know, and obviously values match is extremely important, right? Like there's people in my larger family that I wouldn't go into business with for sure. Right. Because there's not a values match there. Um, but, and my philosophy is, that we should lead people in a way that is, uh, you know, not just about the business, right? It's about how do we, how do we grow this person? How do we develop this person? You know, what do I need to say to them that might hurt them, but it's for their in best interest, right? So I think in some situations, and I would say my friend that I'm considering partnering with, I'm excited to work with him. I know it's going to make our friendship better because we're both very humble and we're willing to have those hard conversations and help each other grow. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but it, it's, it's, yes, it is complicated. I wouldn't, I, to be honest, I wouldn't go into business with my wife. <laughs> I think we're just too similar. <laughs> I think we would probably, I don't know if it would end well, <laughs> uh, but, but I, you know, I, I, I know that because of the self-awareness, right? <laughs> I, I love that you said that. Cause I think, you know, especially with partnerships, I think a lot of folks, uh, particularly if you're bent towards entrepreneurship, you, you're very, at least me, I get very excited about, or I used to get very excited. I still get very excited about the prospect of a business and doing business and whatever, but I have become very, very much less excited or inclined to seek partnerships. And, and that has become, uh, that has, that has been a, an evolution in Stu and I, 
working together, doing other partnerships, things going south in different relationships and different partnerships and, and, and different things that, that the scar tissue now I'm like, dude, let's build and let's, let's grow our businesses and the things we're doing. But like, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not super inclined to bring in another partner unless that person, we go through a rigorous, uh, relational conversational, everything all thing mm-hmm. to get to a point where we're like, okay, dude, like, cause we're effectively married now. Right. Like Stu yeah. always loves to joke. I mean, he says it. I don't ever say it, but he's like, dude, I'm, I'm David's uh, work wife. I'm like, yeah, I agree. I agree. He is. <laughs> I don't think I ever said that. You, you never said that. Oh, I, I could have sworn you said that, but, but I'm curious, you know, Clayton from a, from a system and a process standpoint, what do you think people should do as they consider entering into partnerships? Not, not, not allowing the emotional aspect of, but like what practical advice could you give to, to help people get to that level of self-awareness that you just described before they jump into a very, very exciting business venture that's going to make them tons of money and they're never going to lose money on any kind of deal or anything. It's going to be amazing kumbaya, which we Mm -hmm. know that's not true, but what kind of, like no kidding advice can you give somebody to consider um, or even like a checklist to go through before they jump into uh, a partnership? There's a lot in there. Um, I'll just uh, tell two quick stories. One, um, when I was single, I remember I was at a, I was at a, like a young adults thing and and they said, uh, somebody used this story. They said that, you know, before you get married, uh, you keep your eyes wide open. And after you're married, keep your eyes half shut, right? So, and they're basically saying like, you know, do your due diligence, right? <laughs> like, you know, experience them, you know, that person that you're considering in different contexts, you know, like uh, they also said in that conference, you know, serve alongside somebody, find somebody, figure first figure out where God wants you to go and then put your heads down and start going in that direction. And then, after a while, look around and see who's going in that direction with you, right? Then move a little closer and get to know them more. So that that's like a, a singles context, but I think it it would transfer over, right, to to this kind of thing. the The other thing I'll say is, and I I got saved through the Alpha Course. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Alpha Course. It's awesome, uh, Nikki Gumbel. It's uh, you know it's just a place where people can come to ask questions if they you know aren't people of faith. And in it, uh, and this is this is old school, and I'm kind of putting myself on the spot, see if I can remember them all. But he talks about the five CSs uh, of making big decisions, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna write them down as I'm telling them, so I can remember how many I've told you. So one is uh, common sense. So you know, does it is this person in this context? Does this person have common sense? Like, does this decision make sense? right? Uh, Second one is counsel of the saints, right? So don't make a major decision without first asking people in your life uh, that you respect and that have positive fruit and knowledge and wisdom that can, can weigh in on it. Uh, Third one is compelling spirit. Um, So do you have, for me, I'm very uh, led by the spirit, Uh, peace or lack of peace. I've had many situations where I've made a decision to do something and I think, man, logically this just should not make sense, but I have, God's given me peace about it. Right. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to consider it and, you know, 
uh, I've had situations where I've, I've waited and waited and waited and it's like the peace won't go away. And it's like, okay, well, I think this is the right thing. Um, man, now I put myself on the spot. Let's see if I can get the other ones. Council of Saints, Common Sense, Compelling Spirit. Um, I might have to Google it, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but it basically what it's saying uh, is the bigger the the bigger the conversation the bigger the decision is the more of these things you better have it's commanding scripture this is another one it's shocking that i didn't remember that one. Uh, but you know does it align with scripture is there any situation anything you know that's a little sketchy or a little off and then the last one's coincidental signs oh, thank god for google um and so <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, when you're getting married or you're getting into a partnership, you better have all five of those boxes checked. If you don't, don't do it, right? Uh, and I'd say some are more important than others. Coincidental signs is, you know, not one I put a whole lot of weight in, but sometimes coincidental signs line up. For example, I was considering coming into partnership with my best friend and we were having a meeting to discuss it. And then I looked in my calendar the next day, I had a meeting booked with someone who could be an absolute perfect referral partner for what we were talking about doing. And I booked that meeting four months ago and I'm like, that's weird. Right. And the next day I met with him and he was like, yeah, absolutely. We need a partner. I love what you guys are doing. Right. So, so that, that, that's just something that comes to mind, but yeah, eyes wide open. Right. Don't, I think visionaries are more at risk of making bad decisions like this because they are much more emotionally driven. Right. Uh, integrators do tend to, you know, do a little more, um, a little more uh, background checking and due diligence. So if you are a visionary and you have an integrator, trust your integrator on this stuff. It's good, man. We, we've had some, uh, interesting conversations, the three of us, and then separately, the two of us, David and I. Um, just about handling uh, unmet expectations. And, and you've talked a lot about it on your website um, and talked about it in your story between uh, the man and his girlfriend about communication. Mm -hmm. What would you tell visionaries and integrators on how to handle that? Like how to handle the unmet expectations, how to communicate uh, in a way that, that there isn't uh, frustration or uh, resentment or anger um, because I, we, we see it regularly and we have to handle it is, you know, you know, we have an L10 and there's to do items on that list, but then like two days from now, someone like has this big idea and like texts it. Right. And that's now the, the new thing that we have to focus on and the L10 that we said on Monday that kind of goes away. And so like, how do we, as, as a visionary and integrator and even the implementer, like how do we communicate in a way that, uh, we don't, we don't, you know, bump heads all the time. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think it's, um, short answer is deal with it immediately, right? Like don't, don't let the sun go down on an argument. Don't let, you know, keep short accounts. Like don't, don't let it fester. Right. Um, and the same advice holds true for marriage, right? If there's an issue, you know, we'll firstly bring it up at the right time in the right place. And the other, the other thing I, other, other advice I would have is make sure that you have the right heart when you bring it up. Right. Uh, I always, I always tell, uh, leaders that if you're bringing up an issue, because that 
issue annoys you and makes your life hard and you want the person to stop, don't do it. Don't bring it up because you're going to attack and they're going to defend and it's going to end poorly. Right. It, you know, and this is a Christian podcast, right? So, you know, pray and ask God to help you to have the right heart that your heart is more about, you know, this is something that like, if Stu, you're correct, David, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, help me to, you know, to see this from the perspective of how does this, um, me correcting or bringing this up, help David to be more of what you want him to be. Right. So it's like intent kind of matters more than technique, right? It's like, what, what's my heart behind it? So if it takes, you know, so I say, bring it up immediately. Well, if your heart's right, <laughs> right. If your heart is not right, you know, like I'm sure we've all seen it right in our marriages where you, you bring something up and, you know, it escalates and it becomes a war, right. And it ends poorly. Uh, so um, yeah, just make sure your heart's right before you do it. And, and I've had that too, when I was a pastor for seven years, situations where it's like, okay, I got to have this conversation. Like God prepare the, prepare their heart. This is probably going to be hard to hear, you know, um, but this conversation needs to happen for their betterment in the long run. Right. So that helps if that answers the question. Yeah. No, and I, I think it's amazing. Yeah, just interestingly, um, you know, uh, the sermon from my church this past weekend, he, he, they're talking about relationships. He's talking about relationships and, and he talks about expectations and he's, he said, you know, typically, and you said it earlier, the exact same way He's like, you know, your expectations are up here, but your communication skills are down here. And so there's a giant gap and, and that has to be addressed. And oftentimes, especially with someone like me, that can be addressed with, um, with time reflection and just like, you know, maybe just be quiet for a second. Just think about it allow it to allow your thoughts to, you know, the emotions to kind of subside and, and have, you know, work very specifically on that communication. Uh, and to that point, you know, I, I would love to hear more like Clinton, what, what do you do? What is it that you do now uh, from a professional standpoint? And because I love, um, you know, I love your, your website and I, and I love the title uh, that, <clears throat> excuse me, I love the title that you of your website and of you, but, but the unity guide and that there's, there's a lot to that. And and one of the biggest, you know, one of the things that Stu and I and Steven talk often about is this idea of being a guide, right? This idea of being a guide and a great Christian author, he's a business author. Now he's still a Christian, but um, I was introduced to Donald Miller as a, you know, blue light jazz and, and his Christian works that were amazing. Uh, but, but he's big on this idea of a guide, and, and so, you know, I would love just for you to kind of explain what is a unique guide? What it is, what is it that you do and, and what's the intent behind it? What, what are you trying to get people towards? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a couple of years ago, I had to define my brand. I broke free. I had my own, I was working under somebody else's business and decided to break free. And so um, my, I had a coach at the time and he asked, he asked me like, what's the, what's the word? Like, what's the uniting word behind everything that you do? And I, you know, it was a hard question, obviously, to figure that out. And but I realized uh, after exploring a little bit that unity was the word. Um, that I've just always tended to fill gaps and solve problems and bring unity. It's just I've just I don't know why. <laughs> just I think God built me that way, and I just I realized that's the word. The word is is unity. I'm bringing people together. I'm, you know, whether it's, 
you know, and he asked when he asked the question, he wasn't just talking about business. He's like life purpose, like bigger picture. And I realized I, I just love bringing unity, whether it's my church as a volunteer or, you know, a small group or, you know, or in my family or in business, you know, I've always just seen these opportunities to, to get everyone in better alignment. So, so that, that's kind of where the name came from. And, and I love Donald Miller as well. So uh, that's probably where the guide came from was, uh, you know, the story brand guides. Um, so what I do now though, uh, there's really essentially two things. One is I'm, I'm a fractional integrator. So uh, usually I have one client at a time where I'm working with them in the integrator role, but only I would call it even more so an interim integrator. So I'm not, I'm not there for years. I'm there for six to 12 months. Uh, usually there's a issue, you know, that led to the previous integrator leaving or whatever. So I bring in, I come in and essentially I bring unity, right? I lead and solve problems and, and get things running better. And then I help them to find a new full-time integrator that could take on that role. Uh, so I have one client locally here that I'm working with right now, two days a week. And, uh, and that's what I do, but that isn't the main focus, although it does take up some of my time. I do feel like God has called me into this relationship coaching for the visionary integrator. And it's funny that you brought up the marriage analogy because I jokingly call it marriage counseling. Uh, for the visionary integrator, because I think there is a lot of similarities uh, because, you know, man and a woman, God made them differently. They have different unique abilities. They have different lenses, how they see the world. Visionaries, integrators are exactly the same. Uh, I was actually explaining to my wife one day, the kind of the framework that I'm building. And she said, this would work equally well in marriage. And I was like, wow, that's, I never really thought about it, but she, that was her perspective, right? So, so I'll do that. Um, sometimes I do that uh, two-on-one coaching where I'm working together with both of them. Uh, sometimes both of them don't want to come to the table, just like in a marriage counseling situation. So uh, often it's the integrator that wants to come, to be honest. And I, I don't think it's because the visionary doesn't think there's a problem. I think it's just more likely that the integrator sees the downstream consequences of this relationship not being optimal. So then I'll coach them, you know, one-on-one um, -on -one how to improve their relationship. Cause there's a lot of things that one person can do to improve a relationship. Um, and you don't need both people at the table. So those are the two main things. Hey, how does someone even get to a point where they know themselves? You know, you, you talk about maximizing each other's unique abilities. Well, what if, what if someone hasn't done the, the work required and it's work that, you know, I think David and I have intentionally you know, over the past just couple of years, it's kind of a recent thing to really do the inner work to figure out our unique abilities, to figure out who we are, who God made us to be and, and align in that. Um, what would you tell someone that doesn't even know where to start? Like where do, where do they figure out who they are as an individual and, and really know their identity? Mm -hmm. I'd say get around somebody who's done the work, <laughs> right? Like get a man, get a mentor, right? I, I myself, uh, I hadn't, when I got saved, I hadn't done the work at all. Right. And I was in the place where it was like, I'm the only one that's messed up, you know, like I just kind of had this belief and then, and then I got saved and the church had these great courses. So I joined one of the courses and, and it was, 
like, wow, people were sharing like really openly and deeply. And I'd never been around that before. I grew up on a farm, you know, it was like, you just work, you don't talk about your feelings, you just suck it up. Right. Um, and all of a sudden these guys in this group were like sharing deeply. And I was like, wow, these guys are messed up. It's not just me. <laughs> Make you feel better about yourself. Cause they're like way worse off than you are. It, it, I wouldn't say that necessarily, but it freed me. Yeah. It's like, holy, I can talk about this stuff. There's a place to talk about this stuff and people aren't going to judge me. Right. So I don't know how people who aren't saved, you know, and don't have um, that unconditional love of God can do the work you, personally. Cause it was, it was that that freed me. It's like, okay, I'm messed up but I'm still loved so I can be right. And I can start to sanctify and work through all this stuff. Right. And not have to worry about what anyone will think because God loves me regardless. Right. He sent Jesus to die for my sins, regardless of how messed up I am. Right. And so, so yeah, I think getting around like a group of guys, like in your guys is, I'm assuming that's what you guys do. Right. I don't actually know too much about what you guys do. Uh, but you know, just getting in a group of guys, like I, I lead a faith driven entrepreneur group, for example, and I've led tons of, you know, different groups over the years. Um, so just getting around other people that are on the same journey is crucial. And then, you know, to be honest, like if you need to get counseling, get, you know, get, get a coach. Like I've had tons of counseling over the years. I've been on all sorts of support groups for different issues that I've come up against. So, um, and just keep walking with God through it and he'll help you figure it out. Yeah, I love that Clayton and and I you're right, you know, one of the the reasons we started the Kinetic Man was to bring a group of bring men together, but it was exactly to your point. It was is it the, the ground rules to join the group are honesty and vulnerability, right? Like you have to be willing to uh come into the group knowing that nobody's going to judge you, but also being able to to be completely free to to be vulnerable. And to be honest and to share. But the other magic part about that is one, you know, one of the most impactful things and you hit on the head is that guys realize they're not walking this journey, this life journey by themselves and that they can do it. One, they're not unique in how messed up they are. None of us are, we're all messed up. And so it just is what degree messed up and where you're messed up. And you're probably messed up in places I'm not. And I messed up in places you're not. And that makes it even better for us to walk together. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's also just a ton of comfort in knowing that, that you're not alone, but also what, what we've seen that is super powerful is when other, when you, when you speak this vulnerability and your truth, other dudes in the group will be like, Oh, well, have you considered like, those are super powerful words, right? Because you're like, well, no, I never have. I've never considered that, that, mm -hmm. that alternative way, that process, that thing. And that has time and time again in the kinetic man has literally been the catalyst to change a dude's life completely mm -hmm. change their life because like i just never thought that that was something i could do and 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 they do it and it changes everything right it changes everything and so that's the other that's the that's the other benefit of being open and honest and being in a group like you said mm -hmm. because you are going to be exposed to things that you never even thought about and th that could be the one simple thing that changes everything right that changes everything. Absolutely. And I could, I could probably walk through the last 16 years of walking in faith and different, I could tell you like milestones, right. Where this conversation 
did this, this conversation did this, right? Like it's just, it's amazing what God can do when you get around a group of guys that are trying to do the same thing, trying to grow. Love it, man. Well, how do, how do our listeners um, find out more about you? Uh, you're, I've, I've watched many of your uh, videos on your YouTube channel. They're, they're fantastic. They're just really, really good information. So uh, where do we send people uh, to uh, find out about you, the unity guide? I'm very active on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn, met amazing people on there. Uh, so that's a great way to find me or as you mentioned, the YouTube channel, uh, which is the YouTube channel is just called the unity guide. So yeah, we'd love to chat with anybody who, who wants to grow. Awesome. Man. And give us our, uh, your website as well. Uh, it's just the, the unity Awesome. Clayton, this has been uh, a fantastic episode. I, I learned a lot. Um, and, uh, as you know, quote unquote, the integrator, uh, I have lots of work to do on, on the visionary here. So, um, I'll, I'll pray for you. Yeah. Thanks, man. I'll put, uh, <laughs> put some of your, your recommendations to work, uh, immediately after this uh, episode, we have our L10 next. So, uh, we'll, okay. we'll talk about it. We'll talk put him about on it. the issues list. I will. <laughs> What's the yeah, issue? I love how David, this, I love how we David talk about self-awareness the and then we, uh, and then we we reflect our issues on others, right? We, we don't uh, necessarily David put Stu on the issues list too. So very good, very good. Yeah, it's, it's constant. I think both of our names are constantly on the issue. It's, it's like an ongoing, right? It's it's never resolved. It's just a it's just a thing. No, no, Clayton, I, and I really appreciate it. And and you know, I think I truly believe that um, you know, business is a great way to uh, to to do ministry. And what I mean by that is, you know, one of the big focuses for for all of our businesses, Stu and my, Stu and I, one part of it is giving, right? Giving uh, a tithe from our businesses, and and really trying to focus on on giving the business to God. Uh, we get together and pray every morning before we jump on a podcast, before we do any of these things. And so there's 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 a constant seeking to glorify God. But business is a is a beautiful way to do that in a really well run business, which is going to be. Uh, contingent on on relationships working and thriving it is super powerful and it's and it's very important. And so I just want to encourage you and and just thank you for the work you're doing because the 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 things that you're doing to help people and relationships to be their highest and best is driving those businesses which potentially can can absolutely change radically change people's lives whether it's pr providing a service whether it's providing a, a widget a gadget whatever it is to benefit other people's lives. It is absolutely critical and it starts with that relational thing. Cause if that goes down the drain or there, there's, yeah. there's everything else will follow. So that's I'm one super of the grateful things, for you. It's one of the things that really drives me is that, you know, if you think about a marriage, the, if the husband and wife, if they're, if the mom and dad's relationship is messed up, it affects negatively all of the children. And that's one of the analogies I use in a, in a business. It's the same thing. If the visionary integrator's relationship is messed up, it affects all the employees and their lives, right? It's going to make their lives worse, right? So if we fix the top, we can fix, you know, the whole thing. I love it. I love it. Well, I don't think it's a coincidence that you uh, were a pastor and did ministry professionally. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that now you're doing this because I, I see it as, as God's hand in your work now. And and uh, so I just want to encourage you to keep crushing it, man. Keep doing, keep doing your thing because it's, it's a beautiful thing and it's, it's, it's uh, it makes a significant eternal impact. So thank you. All right, guys and gals, hey, reach out to Clayton if this is something you need. If you're the integrator and uh, you know need to need to get at the visionary's heart, or if you're the visionary and you need to get the integrator's heart, uh, Clayton 
can probably do that for you. So reach out. We'll put his uh, links in his show notes. Uh, and hey, let's all go take Uncommon Action. See ya. Thank you. Hey, would you be interested if I told you that I have a four-step framework to become super successful and incredibly good looking? If so, grab a pen and take some notes. Because here we go. Step one, define what success looks like to you in your life and the most important aspects that you say are a priority. Not someone else's definition, but your own definition. From that, create a vision that breaks it down into daily action steps. Step two, take action. Turn those steps into habits, track them, and know that there'll be challenges along your journey. Step three, surround yourself with like-minded people that will hold you accountable to what you said you wanted to do and know that they'll also be there to lift you up when it gets hard. Step four, live in those newly created habits to form you into the type of person that you want to become through calendar level type change. We call it getting real at TKM. We reflect, we execute, we account, and we live. And we've discovered that you can accomplish anything with that framework. And that's exactly what the Kinetic Man is all about. We take uncommon action to live with no regrets and say yes to our best life. Now, most of this gets done inside our high-level mastermind that meets every week. But we've had great feedback, and we decided to start a new program called TKM Reflections, guiding men to take uncommon action. We're starting it in March, and we're going to meet once a month to guide you through redefining success in nine critical aspects of your life, which we call the Kinetic Life Circle. You'll be asked some really hard questions. You'll be surrounded by like-minded warriors, and you'll walk away with a new definition of success and an action plan to live a life without regret. Here's what you get. You'll get video recordings to build your foundation. You'll come away with a new identity, core values, and a purpose. You'll have monthly live and recorded one-hour video calls with the TKM staff. You'll get a downloadable copy of the Kinetic Life Plan, which is 50-plus pages of incredible content. And you'll get a community of men that you'll know fully and we'll call brother. And we're adding on some bonuses that normally only the mastermind members get. You'll get access to four monthly level up videos from our podcast guests. You'll get access to the quarterly investor pitch day, which is incredible. And you'll get access to our annual private retreat here in Colorado that's only for members. So you might be asking, who's this for? And I'll honestly say that it's for every man that's ready to step it up and live a life without regret. It's for the man who wants to redefine success and say yes to his best life. So now is the opportunity. Jump on this. Go to thekineticman.com backslash sign up. Again, thekineticman.com backslash sign up. Go take uncommon action. We'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Connect Man podcast. If you are growth-minded, community-focused, and willing to take uncommon action to redefine success and live an abundant life, visit our website at www.thekineticman.com to see all the ways we can connect. And on our website, you can find more information on everything we're doing, like joining our meetup page to get the details on our webinars and our local Thursday gatherings here in Colorado. From our site, you can also find more information on and sign up for the next Kinetic Man Retreat and the next house of our mastermind group. Finally, we always appreciate your love and support. Please share this episode and go rate us on your favorite podcast player of choice. Thank you again. Now go take uncommon action.